coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Five o'clock hour of old school. It's me, DP, and the coach, Kenny Wilhite, and Austin Ormer. We'll take you through the next hour, then we'll hand it over uh, to the walk-on weekly with Sam Hoiberg. And uh, he, you know, it, it, he, what if you haven't caught Sam and, and and Jeffrey together, Jeffrey Grace? If you haven't heard them together, that's really intelligent student athlete conversation. Um, shout out uh, to Megan Walker. Uh, last night with with speed and power, uh, and her and uh, Johanna uh, Alva's unique conversation to have young ladies talk about the life. I mean, Johanna telling the story of that she was on her own at age fifteen, and then her little sister, who's also here at Nebraska on the track team, but at the time, a sixteen year old and a fifteen year old having to live on their own pay the bills, feed themselves, clean up after themselves, and then get them – oh, by, by the way, get themselves to America on, on track scholarships. Like, it's it's a fantastic story. Um, and then shout-out to, to Gwen and Amara uh, from the bowling team. They have been pioneers in student-athletes doing their shows. And here's the thing about those two young ladies. Aside from the, the, the national championship rings, right, that they hold and the work that they put in – Exemplary scholar athletes, top of the game, and they've done more shows than any student athletes on this station. Those two young ladies show up. They show up in the off season. They show up all year round. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Gwen's graduating. I was like, uh. now the other beautiful thing about our student athletes. They always pick their successor. And so we know who the next one is, and she's a good one. So we did all right. We did all right. Um, we'll have a whole new schedule of student-athlete shows starting in June as well. Uh, some will roll over, but we'll have some new ones that are, that are coming that we really think you're going to like. So Ticket Weeknights, Harrison Arn. Shout-out to Harrison for manning down uh, all these late-night shows. Uh, Kenny, want to thank the folks. Let me f- make sure I thank the folks from the Ricardo. Mercado, certified Piedmontese, all, all, every cut of beef, every cut you want. And if you, if you don't want to go in the deli and pick the prepared meals or p- pick your fresh cut, you go upstairs to Casa Bovina and go to fine dining. I know, Kenny, that's not your jam. Like You don't want to find out. It's too fancy for you. Too fancy. But for those Great that place. If, if, you're, if you're going for an anniversary, you're going for a birthday, book in advance. Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. Mother's, Mother's Day, Day coming up, right? Book in advance. That's what I would tell you. Casa Bovina uh, there at the Mercado. Um, Kenny, we're talking about coaching and we're talking about – we'll get to the NBA talk. We'll, we'll promise you. And we'll get to the uh, anti, anti-Iowa and anti-Iowa State conversation as well. But this coaching thing. And 
there's a fine line between your enjoyment of coaches, coaching, the task and responsibilities of coaching, and then the perks of coaching. For me, I love coaching. Like, I'm a coach at heart. Because I wanted to be the adult that was like the ones who were in my life and not like the ones who weren't. (laughs) So you want to be there for young people so that they have the opportunities, maybe the opportunities that you had or maybe that they don't miss some of the opportunities you missed. Which of that is it for you? Why are you a coach, Kenny? Which which one is it for you? Are you coaching because of the people who did coach you? Are you trying to be there for people who weren't there for you? Which one works for you? I'm coaching <clears throat> not for perks. Perks has never been um, a reason for me mm-hmm. getting into coaching. I think the people I've been around, the people that have coached me, um, made me want to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And I've prided myself on when I coach, that I've drawn from every person, one that coached me or people that I've coached with. Um, and it's ultimately, ultimately about the kids. Um, making sure the kids that I come across that I leave some kind of legacy with them. If I can get them to buy into one thing that I've tried to instill in them, then then I've done my job. Not only when I coach, but if I go speak to a school, or if I go speak to, you know, wherever I go speak at, if one person takes something from what I'm what I'm telling them, then I've done my job. So it's never been about the perks. It's always been about people that I've come across, coaches that have coached me, and the kids. And I will stand by that until I'm dead and gone. It's going to always be about making kids better at not only their said sport, but in life. Instilling them, giving them the tools that they can take once they're done with whatever sport that they're doing. It's not only you know, football players that I've tried to to communicate with, but baseball players, basketball players, you know, whoever that I come across, I've tried to make sure that they knew that there was something outside of that said sport. And you was just talking about the two young ladies who lived on their own but made it to the University of Nebraska as track athletes. And I always say this, everyone's, everyone has a story. You have a story, I have a story, Austin has a story. And we're all dealt a hand of cards, right? Your cards maybe they had a bad hand. They, they, they were loved. They had a bad hand. They were hand. loved. And they, they had two athletes as, as parents. But that Estonia life on a farm – it's different. But they didn't use that as an excuse. They How about that They part? attacked it and made a better situation for them now and could possibly make a better situation for them later on in life, and not only them, but their family. So everyone's dealt a hand of cards, and that's what I 
I also use that as a tool. You may be dealt a bad hand, but how are you going to play that hand? How much of of coaching and and we were having the conversation before the show about coaching mentalities, focuses, mm-hmm. purposes, mm-hmm. reasons, priorities, etc. And I've always said, anytime I've been, I've never had to apply for a job. I've only had to apply for one job. And that was the last job that I was in play for. And that was only because I was asked to apply. Normally, I was recruited to come in and fix something in a program or take them to the next level in a program. So I never had to, but my, so I always went into the athletic director's office with questions. Well, what's going on? Like, if you want me to come here, what do I need to know? And tell me, what is your priority? And asking an athletic director, because if I ask an athletic director what their priority is and he doesn't have an answer. You're getting in a bad situation. I know the man. You're getting into a bad situation. Turn either backpedal out of it or pivot like you were going to say. Then rethink the situation. Because if your athletic director – cannot answer that question, you're in trouble. I, the, you two weren't around when I first got here, and I asked the question. I said, "There's, I'm, I'm a student of the John Wooden Pyramid, right? So I understand priority, focus, foundation, right? That you can – I think every coach should have to pass the John Wooden Pyramid, pyramid of success before they coach literally. Like, it's just basic stuff. And I said at Nebraska, what I asked, what is at the top of the pyramid? What's the most important thing? And I said, and be careful because the answer might be surprising and it may not be pleasant because it may actually be money. It may be money that athletics has become about money, not about young people, not about community, not about the fans, not about the players. It's about money because if you put money at the top, Guess what happens to the people underneath that? They become about that too. So when you ask why NIL and Transfer Portal became the thing, because the adults made money the priority and focus. That's literally how it works. And so I asked people, I'm like, Kenny, you decided to go coach. So you had to go through the application process. You had to go through the interview process. And then there's a thing that you have to be most comfortable with. What was the one thing, and I, I would attribute this to all good coaches, what was the most important thing about the job you accepted? Me, what was the most important uh-huh. thing about me? And I guarantee about the you. the job that the, I accepted? Yeah. Um, basically, I looked at it, and let me, then I'll answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it two ways. Um, it gave me an opportunity to be, a head coach Mm -hmm. to run my own team, to build my own team. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity to work with younger men, not young men in college, but younger men in high school to get them ready for if they want to foundation. Yes. The thing that was my biggest concern was being an Mm African-American, the only African-American in the, the uh, adult in the building, mm-hmm. um, first African American head coach. Say that again. First African American head coach <laughs> at that high school. 
was I going to be comfortable and were they going to be comfortable with me being there? Once I realized that they were comfortable, I'm comfortable. I can adjust to pretty much anything. So my biggest question was that. That was my biggest question. Isn't it that. like you? Isn't it funny? Um, I was talking about the last job that I, the the only job I ever applied for, uh, the last coaching job. And the only reason I applied for that job was because I was on the staff, and there was they sabotaged my buddy who was the head program, the program lead, and I saw them sabotaging it to get rid of him to put somebody else in place who could do dirty things with money. Like that literally was it. And when they fired him, the players stood up and said, well, DP, you need to be the next leader of the program. And I was moving to Texas at the time, and I was like, eh, no, nah, I'm, I'm like, I love y'all. But they said, but coach, you said the thing that we should do is show up. And I'm like, you're right. I should show up for you. So I talked to Becky, and I'm like, okay, I may have to stay a little bit. And the school uh, was in its 50th year and had never had a black head coach, head varsity head coach in any program. Sounds like somebody else. And so, <laughs> he whispered. And, and so, because the players are like, the players and parents are like, listen, no, DP, you're the, you're the one. Like, this is it. I then applied the athletic director – literally told me before the interview, why don't you just play along and you'll get the next opportunity? And I said, okay, now I got to fight you. Like now I really got to fight you. I said, this is like the coach, the coach who they wanted to put in place was the assistant athletic director who had been a head coach before, but was 16 and 66 as a head coach. 16 and 66. I was winning at 80% of my games to that point with the, with this group of kids that, that was going to be the varsity program. We had, of the 30 kids, 26 had 3.5 GPAs or higher. And we had beaten the two teams that would then go on to win back-to-back region titles. We had just beat them. Table set. This is a layup. He picked 16 and 66. The principal stood up, fought, and said, no, this is wrong. I'm going to override. I'm going to make DP the head coach. The Washington Post picked up the article. And said, this is, this is amazing. You guys aren't believe this. Like, you're not going to believe this is what happens. This is what coaches have to go through to, 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 to lead our kids. We have a leader. This is an actual leader who wins, who, who, who has a smile project in the school, 26 scholar athletes on a baseball team. They went 13-3 and that year. <laughs> they beat... The, you know, they beat the two best programs in the state. This is easy. This should be easy. This should be easy. So, but that's also why I don't coach now. Because I had to fight that fight. And I said, you know what? 
I have mad respect for people who will fight through because Kenny's walking into a situation where he's a unicorn. This is new. And it shouldn't be that way. It should be. Anybody that knows young people, that knows academics, that knows community, that knows the game itself, and they know good people, would immediately hire Kenny Wilhite, no matter what level it is. No matter what level. And let me preface that and highlight that. At any level, I'm still, I have to be totally honest, I'm still slightly upset. I was going to use another word. Upset that you had to leave the state to do this. I'm a little bothered by it because the young people in the state of Nebraska deserve to have Coach Kenny Wilhite in their lives. The families in the state of Nebraska deserve to have Kenny Wilhite in their lives. The, 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 the University of Nebraska deserves to have young people who are cared for, curated, mentored, led by Kenny Wilhite. And while I'm happy that somebody identified, recognized, and celebrate you, I am still a little bothered that you had to leave in the first place. So I apologize for putting you on the spot, bro. Oh, good. But, oh, good. but man, I the, the measuring stick is this. If it's my child, would I give my child a Kenny Wilhite to lead into a better living? And the track record in the state of Nebraska says yes. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. So I'm just going to say that. We'll lighten it up a little bit. Um, I do. I do there are a couple of things. We, we were talking about goats, right? The best athletes. Just the best athlete that, that, that you've either been on the field with or that you saw. Austin, I'll ask you. When somebody says best athlete, and we've got a couple of responses on the text line, I wanted to make sure we got to them because it seems like unanimously people feel like it's Bo Jackson. Which is a pretty good, like if that's if if that's the metric that we're using, that's really good. That's a really good that's, metric, that's, and that's a really good choice. That, because you say that you saw him play football. Uh huh. Football career was cut short. Yep. You saw him play baseball. Uh, baseball was hampered by his injury from football. Mm hmm. And I think there's some basketball footage of him too. Yes, sir. Dunkins. <laughs> right. The same for Dion. So. Same for Dion. You can is. put Bo Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. So that whoever texts that in, that's a good that's a good call. Austin, best athlete. Man, I got to go, my boy Zion, in the conversation. You would have um, to even throw a Duke even guy as pudgy as he, he really is. He, he, like. But this Grant is Grant Hill. Okay, that's who I get there. No, no, there. no, no. If he had said Grant Hill first, the conversation's over because I want to say one of the most underrated athletes. In all of sports history is Grant Hill. Because of his injuries later on in his career. Now, to – sorry not to cut you off. Yeah. But this man just threw two – Corliss, though. Who? Corliss. I mean, uh, sorry, Corliss Williams. And he played with Arkansas. No, big, big, filthy McNasty. <laughs> Who's that? That's who, that's that's Corliss Williams. Yeah, he yeah. – So, when you think when you think of Duke, hey, I – Let's let my yeah. man Austin get him. Go ahead. He said two Duke guys. I'm not going to let you live that down. Duke. Go ahead, dog. I mean, I was going to get to Vince Carter. I mean, the way he moved on the basketball court is explosive okay, as now let was. me Now, let me – let me <laughs> – now you just – so, you're saying uh, – Corliss – now you, now you got me on Corliss. <laughs> you saying Zion Williamson uh, and Grant Hill were better athletically than Vince Carter. 
What I'm saying is I don't know. Oh, I didn't okay. get to see Vince Carter in college. Okay. I've only seen okay. the highlights. Uh, I, the, the athlete that really pops to me, like uh, Zion at his pudginess, at yes. his size, mm-hmm. explosive as heck. So I, I watched the most of him. I've seen yep. highlights of Vince. I've seen highlights of Vince. Okay. I've seen Bo highlights. So I'll say this about Grant Hill. Remember, daddy's Calvin Hill. Yes. Running back. Calvin Hill. Calvin Hill. If Grant had chosen football, He'd be an all. He'd be in a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He'd be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Matter of fact, a guy that we don't talk about that way, Hubert Davis, North Carolina, played football in high school. You don't want to hear North Carolina. No, no, no. Let me, let me just. But fairness, I know, I know, I know. Hubert Davis caught in high school, caught a hundred six passes in one year. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he couldn't have played for me because I didn't throw the ball. <laughs> and this is back in the, this is back in the eighties where we weren't so slinging like we wasn't no we sorry. wasn't doing that. Grant Hill was a better athlete than Hubert Davis. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that Grant Hill should not be in the conversation because I the Grant Hill was a magnificent basketball player. I'm just giving him a hard time because <laughs> he because he he had to just say Oh, he you, you knew he was going to. You knew he was so going to. Let's get back. You said Zion Grant Vince, Vince. Go ahead. I'll go Nadamakin Sue. Okay. Freaky athlete yes. you got to watch on TV yes. growing up. He yes. was there. Um I mean, you guys were talking about Demorna. You saw him up close yeah. than I ever did, but even I could tell on TV that dude was different. Mm-hmm. Different. Um Rex Burkhead wasn't fast, but I think he was a good athlete. Well-rounded, quick enough, balance. I wouldn't. Um, Amir has to be in that conversation. Okay. Amir is So, Texter said uh, I'm on green as, well, as 1B. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he said he said Michael Vick 1A, my, I'm on green 1B. So, 1A, Michael Vick 1B. Okay. Vick. Now. See if we're on the same mental space. Vick. Ev- he, he, he made the NFL evolve. To pretty much what it is now. Can I tell you that there's a quarterback from the same area that Michael Vick for, was from that was a better athlete than Michael Vick? Are you but about Allen Iverson? Iverson. Iverson they just was, showed his. They just showed Iverson. his football on. It was on either Twitter or wow. somebody put his highlights from Twitter on there. Bruh. Iverson. Yes. Un. Unbelievable. But he chose the right path. He did the right thing. No, he says I, I would have been in the NFL Hall of Fame much more easily than I would in the NBA Hall of nah, Fame. No. Nah. He was that I dude. I love the way he played the he game. He did in Virginia Beach, bro. Look, nah, I'm, not, I'm not arguing none of it because I know he was down at Bethel High School, which if you imagine the Metro, the Omaha Metro, you're putting out Michael Vicks and Allen Iversons on a, and Ronald Curry's on a regular basis. <laughs> So you, you brought up another name, Curry, but uh, Iverson was good, but he was not on Vic's level. Iverson would have had to play wide receiver. In, in oh no, no, he'd have been a quarterback. No Iverson. way, because he couldn't throw it like Vic threw it. Nope. Now DP, he look. Iverson was the better passer. Nobody had Michael Vic's arm, but Allen Iverson was a much better passer than Michael Vick in high Austin. school. Much better. Not even close. Not even close. stand out of it? Not I don't know. Even I don't close. know. I haven't watched I'll, enough to Look, tell. I'll put my reputation on that. Listen to me. Ding, ding, ding. Allen Iverson was a better passer than Michael Vick. 
He was a much better. Vic had the rifle arm. He had a howitzer. He had that thing. But you want to talk about Mike Vic drop, uh, Allen Iverson dropping. He happened to be a, a ridiculous runner. They were different runners. They were different runners. Iverson was Lamar. Iverson was Lamar with more accuracy. That's how good Iverson was. And Iverson led the state in kickoff returns and punt returns and interceptions in the same year. <laughs> in the sa- This is Virginia 6A, man. I'm not yeah, – look, I'm, I'm just letting you know, I, that dude – <laughs> that dude was something else, man. We'll we'll Both go to we'll work. go we'll take the text line is active in it, so we'll stay with this. We'll read. We'll have uh we'll have Austin read some of the the, the text that you've had in. We'll take your suggestions, and then if you don't want to get into the big overall picture of best athlete, the best athlete at the University of Nebraska. Give me the best athlete at the University of Nebraska. Not now, ever. Give me the best athlete, at the University of Nebraska. We'll I'm, do that when we come back to the. I'm to staying out of that one. <laughs> Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.